Welcome to Season 2020, Episode 9, Killers and Wakers. In this episode, we look at the season calendar and the wild cards. Manuel identifies the killers and sleepers, and Andrew has her first failure on Hot or Not. This is the Pacino Report. Welcome to the Pacino Report. This is a podcast for MotoGP lovers who want the real MotoGP news and not the media-controlled mush you'll find elsewhere out there on the interwebs. This is the official podcast of Pacino GP, hosted by me, Dave Gill. I am the producer of the Pacino Report, and I'm also the wolf that has to chase the sheep into the studios to make this for you. <laughs> Today, we are one week closer, ladies and gentlemen, to bikes on stands, warmers on tyres, and it's time to look at all the news of the week. I've got three very, very frightened sheep in, the, in front of me at this moment. They're in the recording pens. How are we, Team Pacino? Man. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. This is a Spanish bear. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, don't they go, boah. Boah. Something wrong with that sheep. Yeah, there's something wrong with that sheep. <laughs> this has been a powerful start, eh, David? Yeah, I had I to, know. like, come out of the gates hard. Like it was, That lifted um, the energy. Yeah, it did. Yeah, How yeah. Do we, like, we normally come out. I was out ready and- for a nap. Like Stu nope. in his dressing gown um, before we started, and you just you just brightened the mood right up. I'm just scared now. I don't know what to do. <laughs> There's a wolf lurking, so we better perform. There is indeed. Who's going to go first? I said I'm uh, not going to wait for hands up this week. Brilliant. I'll go. Me. Yeah, it's it's oh. been it's been it's been a great week. You're too slow, Andrew. Sorry. I was. I was having a sip of my beer. Yeah, yeah. I can't blame you for that. Uh, hi everybody out there. It's um it's been it's been a great week um here in sunny Queensland. Things the uh, restrictions are starting to ease. The world's starting to look a little bit brighter. Um it's been a very very good week. As Dave uh, just said, we're getting closer to racing. I'm getting very excited. Uh, my family around the house is getting sick and tired of me running around the house making motorbike noises as, as I go around the place as you do. <laughs> There's actually oh, yeah. AMA racing scheduled for next weekend, Stu. I know. Like, they, don't, they just don't care over there. It's like, whatever. We'll be good. You can't take my freedom. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's been wonderful. But no, I, hey, if I, they uh, ride I'm, fast enough, the Rona can't catch them. Exactly. <laughs> no, I, I noted this week there's been there's been a lot of news out, and um, I just wanted to um, bring everyone's attention to, um, to the wonderful team we call Ducati this week. Um, I, I read... One um, news article this week that speaks about, well, one of my favourite riders, Andrea De Vizioso, I think he's an absolute legend of the sport, um, and about how they're reporting that Ducati needs Dovi more than Dovi needs Ducati, which is, you you could argue that maybe that's Mm, true, maybe not. But then, but then, but then, get this. Within a few minutes, another news report came out that says KTM cast out on Davizioso's switch for 2021. So, hang on a minute. Is Ducati really needed at, at Ducati, or is he going? To, are you going to kick him out? I don't know. So, probably for the second time in three or four weeks, Ducati gets my face palm of the week. That's. What <laughs> 
You've got to do it. You've got to hit yourself in the forehead oh, or it's on. not authentic. There we go. Beautiful. That's my, fa- that's my second favourite part. <laughs> Andrew, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, I don't have anything sort of too exciting except I think every day this week I've woken up and thought it was Friday, which meant fish and chips for lunch. But every Ooh. day it still hasn't been Friday just yet and it's quite disappointing. But I know we're slowly getting there. Um, yeah, I'm pumped today for the Manuel incident. That's what I'm getting very excited about each week now. Even our sound engineer just bolts himself in these days and he's just like, mm-hmm. just, get, just get to the Manuel incident. <laughs> it's getting better and better. It's like, Aiden, you can't cut 45 minutes out. Yeah. Should we just do it up the front? No, because no one listens to the rest of it. <laughs> Is it your favourite part too, Manuel? Well, uh, not, not, no, no, but it's okay. <laughs> Just no. I, I am here to suffer. I am here to suffer. Brilliant. I assume this. You're I have two questions to say to you. One, when you go around your house doing that noise, is it four stroke or two stroke? <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a two stroke. <laughs> two stroke. Okay. Can we have a demonstration, please? <laughs> oh, hang, hang on. Are we talking about the noise or something else? The, the noise. The noise. noise. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, scared no, of that, what I was answering. It's definitely a two stroke. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds like a crazy frog. Yeah. <laughs> and Stu, regarding what you read about uh, Ducati, I have to tell yes. you, don't, be- don't believe what the journalists write, you know? Uh, <laughs> they all lie. They I are just journalists. Do. They are just journalists. You sound like you've got some insight in there. Yeah. But I I, I see that that Andra has has read the same than you because tonight she has an orange cap on instead his yellow one. Yes. She's treating treating Mr. 46. She's secretly uh, channeling an Aspargaro brother. I'm bored of the dreams. I'm ready to move on. (laughs) Joining the Orange Army. There's a ton of news I, out there, Manuel. Help us understand uh, what's real and what's fake, or should we just all believe what's coming out of Ducati at the moment? And Ducati, look, I was uh, in one of these programs I do every night in an Italian TV, and we had as a guest uh, Mr. Ciavati, the director of the racing department of Ducati, and basically what came out of his um, words was that Basically, the idea, and um, you could underline this, my format for the future Ducati will be Dovizioso as a rider alongside with Jack Miller. This is basically oh. what I, I read between lines from one hour chat with, <laughs> with uh, Paolo Ciavati. So good news Sweet. for you. And... Good news for Ducati, I think, because they do, uh, Dovizioso is, how can I say, the sure bet, the rider is going mm-hmm. to help. And um, the one who are supposed to push Ducati in the future to be the new Troy Bailey's in Ducati should yep. be Jack. That's, uh, I think it's a good deal. This is excellent news for Remy Gardner as well, because he'll get, more than certainly get the uh, Pramac ride now. Pramac. <laughs> Yes, look, because ah, yes, I haven't thought about this because in yeah. in this in this equation, uh, Danilo Petrucci should uh, shwi- uh, switch to World Superbike, leaving yes. okay, cool, leaving one uh, position inside the Ducati family. Mm-hmm. 
So if Sarko does very well, could be him. But if not, Remy could be a very nice, nice fit. Uh, so would somebody potentially move over from Aventia to step into the Primax seat and have a junior rider come into the Aventia team, or do they have not have that close an affiliation? No, no, no. I If I would be Remy, I would never, ever go to Aventia team. So <laughs> he has to point on Pramac. Okay. You know, Pramac is Ducati's junior team. Yes. I mean, yeah. Yeah, would, wouldn't someone want to jump at any opportunity, though? Or yeah, This is something I've never really been able to get my head around. Isn't it better to make a jump into a MotoGP team rather than stay at, at a lower level? Or is, it, or is, there, the is, is. Is, is there a hierarchy within the MotoGP that once you're in, you just can't get out? Yeah, the, the problem is that, look, if you if you do the jump in a team like uh, a Vintia team now, you have a high risk that you get, uh, you disappear. <laughs> you know, you yeah, slack right. because there, you the technical condition you just can, sh- can, can, can show. And it shows, it appears much more being a very good Moto2 rider that being just the number 22 yeah, gotcha. and 23 in each race in MotoGP. It, it attracts more the attention. The, um, Interesting. The other bit of attention that's being uh, shown on the paddock at the moment is uh, Andra's you know, number one favourite in the paddock at the moment, Mr. Valentino Rossi. He said there are, there are some terms and conditions that uh, needed to be fulfilled before he makes his move over right here. Yes, I think that this move will be announced soon, very soon, between uh, probably, I would say, next week. And uh, the deal is uh, is interesting because the question is, will, will Valentino move with his whole team, as he has done until now, to the new Petronas team? Okay, will the Petronas team allow Valentino completely... Um, destroy what they have built in one year and that what has worked very good so this is an important question because i spoke with the also the director of that team uh, there's uh johan stigefeld from uh, sweden and he explained me look there were some sentences said to me one was we are going to do everything to make valentino comfortable in our team okay then he underlined me, he underlined me, told me, look, please uh, underline our team. You understand? Mm-hmm. Because the, he wants to, he says on, on one side, he says, okay, we are obviously the figure of Valentino, although we have been, our start was to be a junior team, a team to build up riders. Obviously, mm-hmm. Valentino is not a junior anymore with 41 at this point. <laughs> so it will change completely the approach of the team only after only one season. But he said, look, as Petronas, we cannot avoid the figure and the image of something, somebody like Valentino. And just remember who is the similar of Petronas in Formula One. Who? Gene, we're looking to you. Yes, yes. it's the Mercedes team, which is Lewis Hamilton. Exactly. So they will have Lewis Hamilton and Valentino Rossi. Imagine how powerful this will be for Petronas. That's huge. Huge. Okay. Mm -hmm. One of the statements you said, Manuel, was that does Petronas risk bringing Valentino and him destroying 
uh, what they've built in the last 12 months. So what does that mean in an actual reality? Would it's not as what would Valentino's arrival do to the uh, Patronus team? What would the physical differences uh, mean? Does he um, does he take up six parking sp- spots with his trucks? Does he does he need warm croissants at uh, fifteen minute <laughs> intervals? Does he only has green and yellow M and M's? That's he, it. He, he likes to pat a Persian cat in between qualifying. How is it? How is it going to change things? <laughs> Uh, probably regarding the food, there will be olive oil in the hospitality. <laughs> <laughs> being Italian, being Italian, yeah. instead croissant, I don't think that Valentino is yeah. croissant. It's too French. Yeah. It's too French. <laughs> <laughs> probably they will go with Quartararo into the factory team, the yeah. croissant maker. They'll take the, the croissant side, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, but basically, you know, it's the way to to... The way to work, you know, the 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 atmosphere, the way to to create. Well, you have been you have worked with groups. You know how important is to work with a group and and what makes the difference in performing when you have a real group. Okay, and to build a group normally takes two three years. There are elements you have to change. You put out another one until you get that. Petrona seems that they got this from the very first moment. So this is so important. And uh, Valentino, if he would arrive with all his crew, they would arrive like, hey, here we are, the ones who have won so many championships. Yeah, so they've the Petronas team, they've, they've worked really hard to build a team dynamic, which is really based around that whole team, isn't it? But as you say, um, Rossi is going to come in with an entire new half of that garage, which risks completely blowing up that dynamic and, and ruining the atmosphere. Look, I don't, I haven't got the figures, but I would bet all what I have in my pocket, which is not much, that <laughs> Valentino will arrive maximum with two of his people, not more. Wow. And I tell you, look, a reason is very interesting. I was told this yesterday. You know, there is an Aussie mechanic uh, that works with Valentino, Briggs. Yeah, yeah, Briggs. Briggs. He flies after every race back to Australia on business class. You know how much you you are in the air business. I know how much that is. (laughs) After every race. So the guy from the Petronas team I spoke with yesterday, he told me, look, a private team can't afford that. Not even Petronas. It would be, you know, so all these guys and they will stay probably where they are. We will see this. But uh, that's my feeling. And just on that, uh, some of the news that is coming out as well is that the, uh, the calendar is actually, if it was possible, it's firming up as we're as we're getting closer to the date. And you said that there was also some news about wildcard entries for uh, the remainder of the year. So this was one that absolutely shocked me. Yeah, the the calendar, as Carmelo said in the last interviews, they it will come out at the end of May. Now we are doing May fifteen in two days, I think. Oh, I've got a second so, tattoo to get now. So, so <laughs> the next uh, week or it will appear. Now it's a standby. They are just getting. Now we depend on the governments from the different countries. And and uh, if you have uh, seen the news, 
some are opening. It's very funny because, for example, England and France have reached an agreement where their citizens can go from one country with to another without problems. It's so, a travel bubble. Yep. Yeah, but <laughs> what does this have to do with the COVID nineteen? So. Does the COVID-19 don't affect the Brits and the French? But yes, if you They're are, from, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and this, this same, uh, this same uh, agreement got between the French and the Germans. But if you are Italian, it doesn't count. So the COVID seems to select uh, the, <laughs> the people by the passport. You know, it's a little Apparently bit messy so. so far. That's incredible. Like I can only imagine uh, if that level of uh, sort of interconnection in in our own part of the world was uh, yeah, trying to be run like that. Um, there's the we, Australians wouldn't put up with that for uh, for, for just very long. Yeah, I think the Europeans are far more accepting of that level of bureaucracy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Although we're we're starting to hear similar things down here, Dave. There's they're looking at a travel bubble between Australia and New Zealand. Yeah. Um, and there's also talk of one between Western Australia and South Australia as well. So, wow. um, the complications that this COVID has brought about to as we come out of it is absolutely unprecedented. And regarding the wild cards, you mentioned that it's. It's very interesting because uh, finally the championship or the championship uh, responsible decided that there will be no wildcards this season in 2020. So this means what? This means that Jorge Lorenzo is not going to race as he expected and uh, as all us expected to see. And in my opinion, this uh, completely cuts his options to be Hired, but for a team by a team for the next season, mm. completely. Yeah, no cameos from '99. How do the wild cards work? Like, can you? Because I've got no idea how. Yeah, do they... look, uh, uh, the the wild cards are basically it's a figure linked to the factories. Okay, so oh, okay. Uh, if I am not wrong, the factories uh, are allowed to um, put on the grid four times a wild card. A wild card is basically a test rider. Okay. Because why? Because um, it's very different to test a bike uh, alone on a on a on a circuit than mm -hmm. to do it in race condition. So normally it's the the ultimate step. Try things in the race condition. This is the reason one, and the reason two is to give some uh, incentive. How do you say it in English? Incentive. Some incentive to the test rider. Being a test rider is very boring. If so they, are those riders competitive? Can they go on there and actually be up there or it's more? Some, they are some that are competitive, but look, and if you imagine a, a test rider is used to, to ride and ride by himself alone in a circuit. Mm, yeah. So when you speak with the test riders, what for them is shocking is to be surrounded by the riders at the yeah. start. Suddenly sure. they it's arrived in the first. atmosphere. Yeah, they arrived in the first corner. They yeah. arrived in the first corner and they are surrounded by a yeah, lot what's of the people. Hurry? <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ, where did you come from? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's the what's the difference between I mean we we see especially in Australia and the US, we see a lot of local wild cards. So is there a difference? Are they not factory wild cards? Is that like a regional locational wild card? Or is that something that the factory sponsors for those for those locations? Uh, Stu, I think that the local wildcars, if they happen, it's in Moto2 and Moto3, never in MotoGP. Okay. Because uh, at the end, the local or he hires a bike 
-hmm. or he has his own bike. He uses the national, the, the bike he uses in the national championship to race, but there yeah. is no MotoGP category only in MotoGP right. in the Grand Prix. Bill, let me offend the entire country, both Northern and Southern <laughs> Ireland with this next question. Uh, how did Jonathan Ray get a ride? I thought that was under a wild card. <laughs> in MotoGP? Yeah, oh. a MotoGP. No, no, he was uh, substituting. Ah, he was a okay. Some, uh, yeah. Or, or, yeah, he was, uh, or Casey or Pedrosa, one of them. Because gotcha. of an injury or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. So send all your hate mail to Stu McGraw at uh, yahoo.com. <laughs> 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 he, was a, he was a step rider, not a wild card. Ah, gotcha. He was a fill-in, a uh, ring-in. It still didn't speed him up any, though. <laughs> <laughs> they turned the power down. It was still too much for him. Thank you, Manuel, for that. Um, as I said, sometimes it uh, gets a, a little bit overwhelming out there, putting the news that's out there into context and being able to uh, yeah, to wade through it and, and un un understand it properly. What I wanted to progress on to next was something that we've been talking to behind uh, the scenes of the Pacino Report. And Jonathan Ray is actually a, probably a good segue uh, for this. It was something that Manuel and I have, uh, have been chewing over for a good while now. It was... Um, I call it, it was, came off the back of a, an interview that we did with uh, Remy at the start of this week, and I'd encourage you to go out. I'll put it in uh, show notes. It was one of the final comments that uh, Remy uh, brought up in that interview about uh, a, a top-class champion will have the ability at the final corner uh, to kick over his grandmother. I think that was his, his exact, <laughs> his exact <laughs> term. Yeah, and he even went on to qualify it. He goes, you know, that rider will have the ability to kick over his grandmother and then stomp on her. Yep. Um, and I thought it wasn't it wasn't a throwaway comment. And for me, it was, it was actually the comment of the of the interview. It was I'm, looking back on that interview. I don't think Remy has had an interview like that before. Yeah. <laughs> and I think he'll <laughs> be well and truly back. <laughs> but it was something that Manuel and I spoke about um, for a good amount of time after that about. Who within the paddock uh, realistically possesses that uh, killer instinct and how does that affect um, their championship capabilities? Manuel, you had, um, as I would expect from you, you had a different perspective on that that just layered another top on, uh, you know, another layer on top of that. Um, it was more complex than a, a killer instinct. You believe it's potentially related to something else. Well, I have been thinking about this, uh, Dave, and I have to say that there are two different things. One is the the killer instinct that you mean, and another thing is the the natural selection that uh, selects a good rider from a champion. Yeah. Right. So you can't the, learn it. It's obviously a yeah. It's not something someone yeah, can learn. You exactly. Got it's not, you can, I think this this is a character, uh, a character. Mm. Um, Character trait. Exactly. You yeah. know, this is something that comes with the personality, mm. in my opinion. And and look, I I put you some examples. For me, the process is very clear. Look, all the riders, all of them, from the first to the last, when they arrived at the championship, they all think that they are going to be world champion with this obviously motivation and they wouldn't be there if they didn't yeah. yeah and when they arrive they are what 18 19 they think that the world is theirs right then comes the natural selection that makes separate the 
just the racers from the good ones. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then there is another step. The next step is to separate the good riders from the champions. Yep. In my opinion, and what I have seen, the difference, what exactly the moment where this happens, where the good riders get separate from the champions, is after what I called the big crash. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, look, yep. racing is related. We know that uh, motorcycle racing, the crash crashes are a part of it. But, time at a time, they all have them. But they all, at a certain time, they have the big crash. The one who mm-hmm. shakes the tree and makes the scene. Opa! Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hang on. What is going on? Okay? Mm-hmm. Or they realize some, suddenly, bang, look, we have a lot of examples. We have the example, remember Mick Duhan when he broke his leg. Yes. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. We had, look, I wrote it here down. We had uh, Mark Marquez when he, in 2011, he hit his head in Malaysia and started mm-hmm. to see double for a yep. lot of months. We have seen this uh, with uh, Casey crashed so many times. Lorenzo crashed and hit his head <laughs> the other day. Look, I laugh, but it because everything ran out well, no? but I, I know that Lorenzo, when he crashed and hit his head in Barcelona, he was awake, but he was saying, uh, where am I? Why yeah. am I dressed like this? Why, <laughs> oh my why, God. Am I a racer? You know, but this for days, for days, he didn't know <gasps> what he was. So, and why I'm here oh. and who are you? And I am a racer and do I ride bicycle, a motorcycle? Far That's incredible. Eh? That was a hit in the head. Well, but even, even Remy went back to that during the interview of his uh, crash during qualifying at uh, Qatar, even this year. He said he hit that hard that it, it physically yeah, shook him in a way that he was unable to orientate himself for, for a good yeah. amount of time. And yeah, it's the same thing. We were joking about it. It worked out well, but... He was downplaying something that was just an absolute ferocious attack on his body. Mm-hmm. Look, and I am curious to see, because he has not had the, the time to show what the effect of this uh, awful, uh, mm. what we spoke about his leg, yeah. how it will affect in a real fight or, you know, uh, yeah. at the end of, okay, go for it or <gasps> I reserve yeah. something. We will see. So, this. Yeah, Look, you, get, you get those guys that, once that incident happens, the next time they're in a dogfight, their first subconscious inst- instinct is to back off because of what's happened previously. And they maybe they're not the guys that progress to be a champion. Maybe the champions are the guys that, despite that happening, they push through and they don't lose that tenth of a second. Yes. And look, uh, uh, quickly, another example, Lorenzo crashed one year in Assen, right? In turn number, I think it's turn number 13 in the rain. Yeah. And he hurt a lot. Yeah. Since then, since then, we journalists know perfectly that in Assen, he will never do well. And And in the rain. And in T3, in this uh, part of the track, he's always, he was one or two tenths slower than the rest. Because at the rest, go. this stays somewhere here behind. In the, I was going to say, it's got to be a subconscious thing that, yeah. that just pops Claro's. up without them. Yeah. Look, He probably doesn't when, even know it's happening. When Marquez crashed in Mugello at 300 and something per hour, remember at the end of the straight? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. 320 or 300. Imagine oh. jumping out oh. of a high-speed train through the door when it's 
pushing it. It's like this, the same. So, so I've jumped off the bonnet of a car rolling down a hill at about ten, and that scared oh. the crap out of me. <laughs> same thing, exactly the same. It's exactly the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Three hundred plus change. Hey, I've got to relate to it. Hey, hey, on a that was scary enough. <laughs> I got off a bus before it actually stopped yeah. once, and that just killed me. <laughs> Marquez didn't have a pizza in his hand. He had no idea how dangerous it was. <laughs> balance a six pack. Don't break the beer. So what? It was three hundred and something, and he came okay. off. He mm. he. Well, it was super scary. Then. He immediately, because the rider, when something like this happens, they know that if they can, they have to go immediately jump on the bike and go out mm-hmm. to not let the fear get into them. Mm. So Get back on the horse. <laughs> yes. And he started to lap and he never could do it at the end of the straight the same way. The following mm-hmm. year, the following year, the same. So he come into the box and his mechanic or his technician showed him, look, here at in T1, you are slow. So he went out just thinking at this point. He tried and tried, came back, that the electronics still showed, and he said, Sorry guys, I can't do it. My wow. brain so my my wrist That's all I've got. Yeah, my wrist doesn't allow, you know, that it doesn't receive what the brain t- tells them. Yeah. Yep. It stays there. And just just uh, another example that for me was terrible. Look, uh, there is a guy called Carlos Checa, okay? Carlos Checa, who was later a Superbike World Champion. In mm-hmm. 2000, no, in 1998, he crashed at Donington, Donington Park. Uh, he crashed and stood up, and it seems that he was okay, but then he had eternal uh, problems, and he almost died. At a certain yeah. point, he lost the side, the side, the side from one, uh, from one eye. Mm-hmm. It was terrible. He told me in Qatar, where I met him in the last Grand Prix, that it took two years for him to forget this every time he got on the bike. Two years. And he probably and, didn't completely forget it either. Anyway, and, totally. And he, it took thirteen years, thirteen for him to win his first race in Donington Park Shit. after that crash. So in one, in one normal race, because still I haven't seen one live, <laughs> how many how many falls are there in one race? It, it, the falls is not the, the point. It, there are crashes. Marcus crashes mm. 25 times. It's the big crash, the one yes. who scares. And everyone, I guess, holds their breath and just goes, <gasps> and, mm-hmm. and And from that point mm. on, there are some, like Carlos Checa, like Pedrosa, who will say, okay, here is the limit. I am not ready. I I, I simply don't want to go over this. The mm-hmm. one who managed to do this are the champions. Yep, Mick, definitely separates them. Wow. Marquez, Lorenzo, these are the guys who get there. So just to come off on a, on a side rail very, very quickly, where would you consider the top three, for example, corners that would hold – the most power, negative power, over the MotoGP paddock because the one that immediately jumps out for me is Turn 1 at Phillip Island. Exactly. I was going to say yeah, the that, same that, one. I was going to say Phillip Island. <laughs> that's, 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 that would be the number one. Yeah, yes. that's yep. got Zarco. That's Did you got say it's the first turn? Yeah. Yep, Turn 1. That's yep. why I can't play that stupid Xbox game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even Andrew's Thank got you. problems there. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Sorry, please and, continue. And another very, very scary. It's all look. It's all in Phillip Island because it's an old, old style track. Yeah. Super scary is when you go out of Siberia. It's like a little left and then a right that takes to to go uphill to Lucky Heights, right? Yeah, up uh, through Hay Shed. Hay Shed. Yeah. That yeah. right fender yeah. that is scary. When yep. they crash there, they end almost in the lake. I don't know how many meters <laughs> are there. I shouldn't laugh. I have seen their crashes that, oh, yeah. you know. Yeah. So where would you put his number two? What's the So we've established that uh, Phillip Island is a, is a dinosaur circuit. As beautiful and as romantic as it is, it um, creates some of the, the most severe outcomes. Where would your number is two be? Is it Le Mans? La <laughs> <laughs> Mene has to be still built. It hasn't built yet. La Mene. <laughs> Look, uh, I, I think that the, the I would say it is the Philip Island type, type of track. The other one is which? Asen. Okay. Also very That's... fast, where you are changing direction with the gas open yeah. and bam, bam, bam. You know, there, there is where the, I think the- Most of the corn is in Essen. You know, yes. And maybe, for example, I would say also fast tracks. Silverstone is super fast track. Now, some of the oh, tracks yeah, wider, so... and again, back to the MotoGP game, I've noticed some of the tracks are wider than others. Is that that's yeah. the case in real life? Yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, much. Look, normally they are, I think, eight meters. They they are between eight and twelve meters, or even which 30 is a big meters. difference. Yes, that's a big. Yeah, you. How do you say it, please, Fr- France? Pronounce it again. And Les right. Mans. Les Mans. Hey, you asked for that, Manuel. Le Mans is probably one of the narrowest tracks. Yes. You know I'm never going to be able to pronounce it correctly now that we've been mucking around with this. I just can't wait till the first time we actually get you there and next to a sign. That's going to be epic. <laughs> <laughs> they won't let me in. And, and Dave, regarding the regarding the the bravery of riders, you know that the list of brave riders starts with the bravest ever seen, which is Wayne Gardner. There really, been, I was not expecting uh, that. Yeah, no, he has been the brave, craziest, bravest. <laughs> so you to be brave. a bit crazy. You yeah. put Wayne above Kevin Schwantz in the bravery stakes. Yes, by far. Really, I always and thought that Kevin brave was guy, another brave guy. I don't know what you eat in the morning there, but the another brave guy is Troy Bailey's. Oh, you know, I don't Again, exactly. Just another maniac. They're just both insane. That's why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so I don't know what you eat. Maybe it's the kangaroo meat or something like this. But you produce a lot air. of a lot of brave yeah. riders. Very brave. Yes. I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy to be talked down. On the other hand, you've got down. Troy Corsa. On on this, but yeah, the other Troy, um, yeah, the other white meat. The <laughs> so the likes the of the Kevin Schwantzes that always had that um, that label of you know one crayon short of a pack. Um, <laughs> of, of, you no, know, it was totally unfounded. But people sometimes it was the only way that they could label some of Kevin's. Uh, racing. Yeah, no, Ke- Kevin. Uh, like he yes. was loose. Yes, Kevin. But yeah, he was brave. But it was he was not of one of the bravest. You know? Okay, he was. So is brave the right word? 
Yes, yes, yes. Because you have to have a pair of cojones. Cojones. Very good. Did I say that wrong as well? So no, you, the... pro- you pronounce that much better than. Where's <laughs> <laughs> man's? But even like, but even like you, what you're saying before, I'm sitting here thinking of because we've spoken a lot about the family support and having that the people around them that help to keep push them and keep them up there. If they have a serious crash, there's got to be that person in their life that go that will say to them, you know, is this really worth it? Are, are you willing to risk your life for this? No, no, because this is some, look, the rise until they get there, they have crashed a hundred times. They know what's crashing is about. It's themselves when they ask themselves, okay. hang on, is it worth? What about once they start and, having and children this, or? Yeah, does no, that, but that was going to be my next question, yeah. The, mm. This especially happens when the guy has been already world champion, when the uh, uh, bank account is is interesting ah. with six, uh, seven figures, you know. Maybe the motivation's not quite there anymore. Yeah, because a young guy, he wants to get there. Once they get there, then you have to look for extra motivation. When it hurts Mm -hmm. very much, then is it worth? Mm. And like you said, I guess that not everyone does go, yes, it is. Some some go, you know what? Hang on up, Mark. One of the famous Colin Edwards quotes that's always stuck in the back of my mind that, you know, essentially took me out of my MotoGP career was uh, for every child... (laughs) Uh, you lose a third of a second, whether or not you like it or not. So, and I thought, you know, being point six down on the leaders, it just wasn't worth me competing. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but again, this seems to work, but not for Troy Bailey's. <laughs> yeah. Troy, Troy must be, I don't know, from which part of Australia? From which part of Australia is Troy? He's from New South Wales. He's halfway up the coast oh, between you Sydney go. and Brisbane. Yeah. That I think it works for a reverse just a tiny little country town. Yeah, the more kids he has, the faster he gets. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get me out of here. I don't want to go. So I think the question that everyone, you know, over the past 15 minutes has been wanting to know it is that who who still has that ability? Out of the out of the gates, we understand that Mark Marquez, MM93, has got that ability to bounce back. He doesn't see the grim reaper after he gets thrown off. Malaysia was – oh, not Malaysia, Thailand – Classic example last year. Oh, yeah. Um, the, the that was horrific. Snapping. I mean, he, he, he couldn't breathe for 20 seconds looking at that report. The, the, the term yeah. that you used, Manuel, yesterday, which I really liked, uh, was the um, when you wake from a crash, you wake up a different person. Yeah. Um, so yep. who, wake, who has woken up a different person but who, after the big ones, can still push on? So obviously you pointed out Lorenzo Marquez. Uh, yeah, the it, champions. It's, the champions. The list is there. The is Quattararo in there? No, he hasn't had the crash. It's to come. Yeah, okay. Hasn't yeah, yeah. No, no. Look, uh, in, in the actual field, I would say that the ones who have gone through this big crash, I would say Mark. Dovi's had a few big ones. What about yeah, Dovi? Yeah, what about Dovi? No, Dovi hasn't been, hasn't got the real one. And ah, I okay. hope he doesn't get it. You know, yeah, I don't yeah. mean that he, they he have hasn't to had get Michelle it. Pirro yet. Uh, wow, Piro. Yeah, Piro is his, yeah, right up there. That ridiculous. Yeah. And he was wanted- mechanical failure. I was going to put Can Magello up for with a minute? <laughs> yeah, go, go on. Yeah, go on. I want to get a bit woohoo-y because I work with a guy who does sidecar and he was telling me one day 
and he's not the most spiritual type person, but he come in, he goes. Is he a rider Andrew. or a victim? He's the hanging on the sidey crazy person. The, the, the victim. victim. I used yeah. to do and that. He's, <laughs> and he's not a spring chicken, I tell you. But anyway, he goes, mm-hmm. he goes, bloody hell. He said, I, I went, we got this close to the wall a couple of times. He goes, I swear I saw a pair of hands come out ready to catch me. He said, I thought I was dead. Like he said, he saw a pair of hands come out like they were going to catch him and he was just like, yep. oh, it was pretty, you know, a bit hairy. Are there stories it's, that people speak of intense. of these these things happening that's maybe, a you know, you were a bit close there and some spiritual type thing kind of, or do we not speak about this? No. No. <laughs> oh, come more, on, you got to give more, me something. More, speak, that's, speak. that's more a road racing thing, I think. That's you talk about the the Isle of Man and the and the Ulster and the Northwests for those those kind of moments. Realistically, but surely you even MotoGP they're the having tracks. a big crash. Some of them yeah, must have you, a bit of have, a. You have runoff, and you have you know you have um, air walls and tire fences and gravel traps and that that sort of thing. I think that the sort of things where the, the guys are really getting their lies flashed before their eyes and it's a really mm-hmm. close one, that's where there's stone walls zipping past their heads at, at 260 kilometres Stu, we'll hour. refer to it those, by its proper name. Are. It's called furniture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, there you go. Furniture, yeah. Those those guys are, are really they've, – they've, they're a couple of cans short of a six-pack. They've got a screw loose. Manuel. So none of them speak of like a near-death experience type thing. Uh, I don't know if a few Guinness they will, but normally they don't. Oh come on! All right, I'm going to find. I'm going to find one. I'm, that's my. That's my challenge. I'm going to find okay. something. You do that. And and regarding uh, uh, the sentence of uh, you mentioned uh, of Remy Gardner, that also impressed me a lot about kicking his grandmother. I said what? I thought I didn't. I had not understand it, but it was like this. Uh, <laughs> he what? Yep. But then he went back and qualified it with you've got to be able to kick her and then stomp on her. <laughs> yeah, yeah go, go back and stomp on her. <laughs> yeah, for, for those for those that haven't heard it, that that was we were we were talking to Remy during that segment about who are you who are you friends with who are you pally with in the paddock, and that's where he turned around and he said nobody because you've got to be willing to kick over your own grandmother, grandmother on the last corner, yeah. which was yeah that that's killer instinct. And in the animation that went with it, it said it was priceless. <laughs> so that was that was what I took away from that interview. Genuine, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I'm looking for in in my world champions. <laughs> yeah, but okay. Look, but uh, this instinct, uh, how can I say? There are some who have it, and uh, they some show it explicit, and some hide it. Okay, look. For example, showing explicit. You may remember Kenny Roberts with uh, Barry Sheen. You know they had a. The uh, real yeah. war, okay? They, yeah. and this was very harsh. Or Mick with Crivillet intimidating, uh-huh. okay? Yeah. This exists. Uh, there are others like Mr. 46, Andra, who are much more undercover, you know? Mm-hmm. Smiling assassin. Exactly. Valentino never would be uh, officially... Aggressive, but he doesn't uh, forgive anybody or anything. You know, Valentino is much smarter. Look, I think we have mentioned this in our uh, podcast uh, about Valentino versus uh, Marquez, right? When when Marquez wins his uh, title in 2014, his second title, winning a lot, uh, 10 races in a row, 
what does Valentino do? He invites him into his ranch. Okay. Mm -hmm. The mm -hmm. same way Mick Duhan invited Alex Crivillet to the Gold Coast. I remember perfectly when Crivillet came back from Australia, he was so impressed uh, about Mick Duhan because he said, wow, this guy is incredible. He, he mm. keeps training the whole day. He wakes up, he has a coffee, gets on the bike because he couldn't run because of his leg. Yeah. And he, he cycles for hours and hours. And look what he did with me because he sent me to his boat for me having fun. <laughs> While he was go training. And, go uh, and detrain. So he could detrain. <laughs> yeah. No. So what happened? Crivier came back and said, I can't be this guy. He trained so hard. So he completely, you know, wow. ate his Psyched brain. Him out. Ate well his played. Brain. All right, Manuel, yeah. we've got the top 10 from last year. So I'm going to give you a pop quiz on who's got killer instinct and who has had the big crash, like the big crash. So Mark Mackers, is he a killer? Absolutely. Has he had the big crash? Yes. Another okay. killer now, I, and I think he hasn't had a big crash, another killer, clear killer in uh, MotoGP is Jack Miller. Oh, we haven't and got to him like, yet. He, he's number six. So what about Fabio? Uh, okay. <laughs> Fabio, Fabio needs – no, no. sorry for that. He's he not a killer? The, yes, yes. He has a, he's a killer, but he hasn't had the crash. Okay. What about Dovi? Dovi isn't a killer and hasn't had the crash. Maverick? Mm-hmm. No crash and killer in question marks. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Maybe it's coming. Okay. Not even not even his off at PI turn one where he ran out of Laca Marquez. You don't count that one. That was yeah. Zarco, wasn't it? Oh sorry, that was Zarco. Sorry. Yeah. You're no, right. We we, we saw oh, a, a, we saw a touch of this in Philip Island where it was or I win or I crash, and he crashed. Yes, yeah. yeah, absolutely. But if he keeps this, he will be a killer. If he starts to pussy around, then we put him out of that list. Okay, what about Jack? <laughs> you, you, you were straight to the gun of identifying Jack as one of the, you know, the potential lions out there. Yeah, yeah, Jack has the Aussie spirit. You reckon he has killer in him? Has he had the big crash, though? No, not yet. Okay, what about Alex Rins? Be very careful where you go with this because Stu and I are a bit of love children for Alex Rins. Alex You're Rins. overseas, they can't get you. <laughs> Alex Rins. He's the killer. <laughs> He's not? You've got, you've got Alexa there, haven't you? Yes. I was just going to say, what oh, is that? Oh, Alexa <laughs> is starting to, I don't know what word we said every, that she started to Every time we off. said Alex Rins. Ah, yeah. <laughs> this is going to be awesome. <laughs> That's brilliant. There you go. I switched the hair off. <laughs> Alexa, buy 500 pounds of sugar. I was just going to tell everyone, Dave and, I, Dave and I were at lunch one day last year and he added adult items to my shopping list by using She's my still cereal. going. <laughs> That's right. He's done it to me as well. I went to go and look in a shopping list two days ago when I was out with my son. Yeah. When I actually did a, a quoted a, a shopping list to Alexa, I was out in the shops and we got three quarters of the way down and my son went, Dad, why do you have big black dildo in your shopping list? <laughs> <laughs> it was there from when it we were in Phillip Island. Yeah. You know he's just adding them to our shopping list so we can all buy them for him and give them to him for Christmas. <laughs> Sorry, Manuel, we deviated off Mr. Rins. 
No, it, it has been good because you gave me time to to think about uh, Alex, 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 Alex. <laughs> We've just set half uh-huh. the world off. Alex, uh-huh. Alex, Alex. And uh, I would say, look, interesting. I would say now, so far, he's a silent killer. Okay. Ooh, okay. Because Ooh. I tell you something. Uh, what I saw in uh, Silverstone, remember? Last year with Mark Marquez, that very tight race mm-hmm. was a killer yeah. race, but he and he still has a character where he is uh, missing some character to get a real killer, a professional killer. So just to jump onto the other side of of, of that um, paddock with um, Joan Mir. Sorry, 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 David. Is uh, Joan Mir on your list? Yes, he was going to be the next one. Yes. Okay, he is an assassin. Oh really? Ooh. He's an assassin. I told you, Dave. He was—he's the one that I picked last year for an up-and-coming world champion. I'm not going to—I'm not going to argue with it. That's I see. Um, <laughs> I see <laughs> that. Go on. That pad, that um, that pit box is is one of the strongest. Always have. Well, you and I will argue oh. over many things, Stu. We will not argue over that. <laughs> uh, then we've got Valentino next. Has he had the big crash? Is he still a killer? Yes, he had a crash. It's not a big crash, but look, as Valentino has, Valentino had uh, that crash in Mugello. It wasn't a big crash, but he was, he was not used to get hurt. And he is a killer, but with his uh, nails, how do you say? Uh, A little bit cut. Oh, not manicured, but cut. Yes, because he, (laughs) he's 41. He has not the... (laughs) The pace and the instinct, but he has been a killer all his life. So he's one of those shaggy lions that you see at the zoo. Yes. That, yeah, look, looking well, a tiny this bit. Is, this is very harsh to say of Valentino. I no, respect no, 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 him too right. much yes. to say yeah. that. <laughs> it's, it's my job to be provocative. So. <laughs> the last one I'm going to put uh, on the line for you is, you know, killer or he had the crash. Um, is Paul Spargo? Do you think that um, you know, he falls into either of those two? Yes, he has. He had a big. He had a. In his case, he had a lot of crashes that all together make a big crash, and he is a very aggressive. And yes, he's a killer. So we're saying that lots of little crashes can also equal a big crash, <laughs> possibly. <laughs> yes, crashes that. Uh, Makes that, you, that affect you a lot of time being hurt, go to the hospital, you know, many times the same leg and one again and again. It's a mm-hmm. mental process. Yeah, it can be insidious. It can creep up on you. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's Danny Pedrosa's story. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that went a completely different direction than what I was anticipating for that section. Uh, thank you, Manuel. Um, you're going to jump from the frying pan, as we say in Australia, into the fire because I'm now going to launch you yes. straight into the Manuel incident. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, out of, out, of, out of the two lambs in the corner, who'd like to go first while I get my show notes ready? All right, go pick for it, Andrew. Pick me. Pick me. Stu got to talk first, so I get to go first now. I'm so excited because I'm trying I'm trying my best, like I did last week, to not necessarily just look at stats specifically. I want to come up with something myself. All right. All right. So the first, fi- the first fact I have on this rider is that he lost his virginity in a crypt. You know I, what? I'm not kidding. Wait, yep. Wait, what? Yep. <laughs> 
I think it was it's on a random thing I've ever heard. I know, right? I was so excited when I found it's on the internet, so it's obviously true. <laughs> oh, um, clearly. He apparently drilled a hole in his helmet so that he could smoke on the grid. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, uh, down. This yeah, is the easiest uh, one yet. <laughs> yep. Oh, it was still funny. But that first fact wasn't that good. It was. That was that was brilliant. Yeah. Um, and he caused his friend Steve Parrish to crash when he was in line to win the Grand Prix because he hung a sign over the fence saying "Gas at Wanker." So he did, and he crashed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's become my new favourite person. Uh, I've got some other serious facts here, but I'm not going to bother. So the person we're talking about is Barry Stephen Frank Sheen. That's awesome. I was actually yeah. thinking about doing the names too. You did it far better than I could, though, Andrew. How good are those facts, though? My new favourite person. One word, Manuel, and favourite memory? The English Rossi. Oh. Ooh. He had cult following, did he, at that level? He was the first who uh, had an interesting figure image from for people outside the sport. Gotcha. He was he super elevated popular. The sport. He was super popular in England, and he is the one the English still think about because since him, he was the last one to win a world championship. And this is, I yep. don't know, 40 years ago <laughs> mm-hmm. or something like yeah, this. exactly. He was a very, he's a figure, one of the most re- relevant figures of motorcycling and maybe not that much because of his uh, success as a rider, which he had, but more as a, as, um, a figure, not a character. And his charisma. Mm-hmm. That's what I always yeah, took so away something from, else yeah. I read that some, I don't know if it was someone's ex, they went and robbed, like got all the stuff back and then stole a car and it was some great story. I'm going to find out. Yeah, no, was, and you yeah. know that he spoke perfectly Spanish because he started to race really? with Spanish bikes. No way, I didn't know there that. There you go. So the drilling that. a hole in his helmet thing is true? Yeah, he's smoking on the yep, grid. You're going to have a fag. <laughs> and Brilliant. Look, look, with him happened something that more gives goosebumps. His rear mm-hmm. tire exploded when he was testing tires in Daytona at the banking. Mm-hmm. So his two legs were so destroyed that they wanted to cut the two mm. legs. Ouch. But he recovered and came back and kept racing. But this crash that. must have been something. Yeah, there's that's no airbags in. That's, yeah, okay, that's brave. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. Yeah, that's bravery for him, exactly. Yeah. Thanks, Andrew. Or insanity, again, yeah. very As close. I said, I was going to choose to do Barry, but you've done him. Um, oh, sorry, far, we didn't have our no, little no, secret actually, discussion I, I actually, beforehand. I, I actually came up with someone else tonight. I actually thought of doing Barry, and I oh. put him on my to-do list for a couple of episodes, but yeah, you did it far better than what I ever could, so thank you. Stu. <laughs> No, I'm going to let you go first, Dave. You, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to oh, finish really? up here. You're going to throw this back to me. You, 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 you reversed yeah. the order and you've given me a draw four. All right, all right, Manuel. Is that wild card? Strap in for this one because this one's actually a journalist. Manuel Pacino. Oh, look at his face. <laughs> <laughs> so this journalist's life um, first started when he saw scrambling uh, in black and white uh, in the UK. Uh, in the 60s. He graduated um, as within the technical press. Uh, and six years after that, he persuaded someone to give him a job on a motorcycle magazine. That was in 1980, and he's been a motorcycle journalist ever since. He, in the 1980s, was running a major magazine that was invited into Eurosport Studios 
and he saw a Grand Prix being broadcast. The regular commentator was stranded at another event, so the producer gave this journalist the microphone. From that moment on, he has mixed MotoGP, or back then, Motorcycle Championship, with his riding, and the two have been inseparable. He worked in the 90s with Sky Sports and started the uh, official um, tele- or the telecast of uh, Motorcycle GPs. It was the saying, he's called every Valentino Rossi up, uh, race up until uh, 2017, and um, even though he's gone on record, as he continues to speak to this day, that he, he loves commentating, but writing has always been his number one passion. Away from the books, this journalist is a MotoGP correspondent for an American website called Superbike Planet and a columnist for a Japanese magazine called Riders Club. And I'm hoping that's one that you write for, Manuel. No, it isn't. Isn't it? It's one of the rivals. I saw, so we shouldn't have brought it up on this. That is place only for one. Yeah, exactly right. So, so he's in... We can edit that out. His features appear in many moto, uh, motorcycle magazines worldwide. And he's, as I said, we did a big personal fan of mine last week with Simon Crafer, and this man's voice uh, commentating MotoGP and World Superbike um, has kept me in this sport and he's encouraged me to race. Julian Ryder. Julian Ryder. Yeah. Ah, Julian Ryder. That's it. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'll put some, um, some footage up. These two voices with Keith Ewan and Julian Ryder are some of the most dynamic commentary you will ever hear being spoken oh, in English um, to commentating any yeah. sport. The energy and the, the, the pure passion um, that Julian puts mm. into his commentary uh, is just infectious, just infectious. Is he as good as a so, casino uh, report? W- was he a rider? No, not at all. He's n- I don't think he's ever been a rider. But ah. He's been a journalist um, through and through since he started in the 60s, though. So I thought I'd turn it on ahead and ask you a question about one of your fellow journalists. Well, I, I obviously I have met him in a lot of races in the press room. The relationship has been correct, nothing special. But I know that he has he has a big uh, pres- prestigious. He's prestigious, yeah. Yes, uh, uh, between among the English uh, journalists and the English fans. This is basically what I can say about him. Not more. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. No, it was. It was just. I knew you would have crossed paths with him. And um, okay, for some of our fans who follow both English commentary and Spanish commentary, who would be one of the most prestigious in the in the Spanish commentary for for Telefonica and people like that? Who who were the number one uh, commentators for for Spanish TV? May I say me? <laughs> you may. I'll vote for you. I've never heard you commentate, actually, man. Well, I'd, I'd pay I money to say true or not, but you can for say five it. Years. I did yeah. it for five years. Yeah, I was on the Spanish TV for five years until they. We fight. need to find some footage of that. I apologise, man. Well, yeah. I hadn't. I, yeah, I didn't realise that was in your CV, and I've you forwarded you me your that, CV a fair you bit. You know that they fired me because. Can I tell you the story why they fired me? <laughs> Go for it. Please do. Laguna Seca. Oh, wow. Uh, We were on the TV uh, where myself, Angel Nieto, 13 times world champion, and Cito Pons, twice world champion. Okay. So before of each uh, Grand Prix, 
they did a, a, a lab presentation lab uh, on Thursdays to explain how there's circuit and the, the different corners. Okay, at that time in Spain, the helmet was starting to be compulsory. Okay. Mm -hmm. What do you so, mean compulsory helmet? You mean people didn't have to wear a helmet? No, for many years. I, I have ridden from Spain to Italy without a helmet. I was waiting for you to pick up on that, Andrew. <laughs> I was kind of yeah. like just in a little place and was like, excuse me, what? From Italy to Spain, I around 2,000 Ks of my Moto Guzzi without helmet, just with glasses. And we had this conversation with Remy about Spain speeding and speeding tickets, how people yeah. go a bit faster because you don't get tickets until you're so far over. Oh, sounds completely safe. Okay, please continue. <laughs> Welcome to the rest of the world. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Andra, you know that in United States, there are some states where the helmet is not mandatory. Yeah. Just the yep. sunglasses. <laughs> and this is still I today. Can't even, I, I, I can't even say anything. I'm, I'm but, just... You, you want to know the reason? The reason in the American way of thinking is very normal because as you, ha as you don't have any public uh, health in the States, if you mm -hmm. want to kill yourself, it's yeah, your problem. Yeah, I don't care. Yep, yep, yep. But Fair you point. have to, ha to wear Brilliant. glasses because if you get anything in your eyes, you can crash against somebody. Okay. Oh, this that is sounds the, reasonable. The, the, the Trump way of thinking. Let's see. <laughs> and drink, drink dead old because it'll it'll fix the Ronas. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, every wow. what so, happened that day? That day, the, these two were uh, they were the ones who were trying to to introduce the circuit to the TV uh, to the TV viewers, and they were told to put on the helmet. And they say, no, 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 Cito Pons basically said, no, 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 I don't put, because if we put the helmet, they won't see our faces. So they did it riding a, a motorcycle without a helmet. At that time, I was editor of uh, the most sold magazine in Spain. And my editorial was, big headlines, 50 world titles without helmet. <gasps> I was fired, but the magazine came out on Tuesday. On Wednesday, I was fired from the team. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But I wrote what I wanted to, to write. You know? Hey, they gave, they gave you the story right there. That's yeah. incredible. Nice. Yeah. Brilliant. Stu, okay. top My that. turn. Here we go. <laughs> I, Take a breath. Yeah, here we go. And mine's going to be short. Com compared Shorter to than David's. I, I think like. he was giving you a challenge. I could just he see, was, like, I was going to stop was. when he guessed it, but he just, like, didn't get there. And I was like, oh, no, yeah. this is not going where I wanted I'm it to. I'm going to keep talking. Yep. Okay. So this 24-year-old rider has spent nine years in the lower classes before being elevated to a MotoGP seat for 2020. Do so I know him? He took plunge to race in Europe. Uh, yeah, yeah, you probably might do. He took the plunge to race in Europe after winning every race that he entered in his home country. Since then, he has a record of 145 race starts with 15 wins, 35 podiums, and one world championship to his name, winning the Moto3 title in 2016. Most notably, he's been loyal to the factory KTM team for five of those years and will continue this trend in 2020, taking over from Johan Zarco in the top class. Hailing from South Africa, this rider is... Oh, my friend Brad Binder. Yes. Nice guy. Never nice heard of guy. him. And a market this podcast nice is guy. yet to crack. So if you know a South African, <laughs> <laughs> forward it on. <laughs> so 
Would you say, is that your word for him? Would you say he's a nice guy? Or? Yeah, see, the voice of Africa. He's the voice of Africa. What's the yep. secret to his teeth? He has the most perfect teeth I have ever seen. Oh, yes. It like, looks like, how do you call the piano? Yeah, piano. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> piano keys. I think piano Tom keys. Cruise would look at him and go, where do you get your dental work done? Like, <laughs> No, he's, uh, I like him very much. I think he has a lot of talent and mm-hmm. he is, I think his biggest virtue is his perseveration. Does it exist in English? Uh, perseverance. Persever- um, per- per- oh, yeah, yeah, that. Perseverance. Like perseverance. perseverance. I'm going to use yeah, that word. Yeah. yeah. Perseverance. Yep. Look, if you watch the races, he's like uh, one of these dogs that bites and doesn't uh, release, mm-hmm. you know? He's yep. always there. He, at the at, until the last uh, turn, he's always pushing, putting pressure, putting pressure. He's, uh, mm. he's a killer. That's what's going to be my question. Can he kick his grandmother? He's a killer. Yeah. Look, yeah. but he's a killer, but with a character, he's like um, a Niberlechter. You know, you don't realize that he's a killer until, he, mm-hmm. until you have it here on your neck. He, what I, was his yeah. name again? What was his name? Brad Binder. Yeah. And I tell you something, I think he will do great things in, in MotoGP. And I tell you something more. He has been yeah. followed very, very close by Ducati. Ducati like him a really? lot. Really? Well, lot. there's a scoop. The problem yeah. is that he has probably uh, this, the contracts the Red Bull riders have with Red Bull are mm-hmm. terrible. Are terrible. Oh, yeah. Don't worry, it's the same in cars as well, in Formula 3, Formula 2. The, the Red Bull, once they get their teeth into you, yeah, for example, to, get, to get leave, I, I, I know that he wanted to leave the Moto2 KTM because it was not competitive. To leave, mm-hmm. the, he had to pay a hundred, uh, half a million US to leave and get somewhere else. Of course, everyone's got And that. I can imagine that... The- when I was looking into, into some of his history for this, I noted that every year he's been in the, in the paddock, he's improved. Like his yeah. first full year, Moto three, twenty first. Next year, thirteenth. Next year, eleventh. Then sixth. Then he won it. Went to Moto two. He was eighth. Then he was third. Then he was second. He's he's always improved every single year, yeah. and it seems like he's been rewarded for that. And I tell you something that I like. I I know because his brother is also racing the championship, Darren. Darren, yep. And I know both uh, pretty good and his family. You know, he's one of these, his mother travels around with him, not his father, mm-hmm. his mother, or at least used to. And she was always, always in the back, controlling that his kids didn't get off the line. You know, it's really a mother educating. She doesn't want to know about racing, just their kids to stay in the line. So cool. really family people. And I like this a lot. Fantastic. Yeah, and obviously Lovely. shows with his personality. Yeah, and that ties back into some yeah. of the traits that we have seen of, of the championship winners, and it's at that that connection back to family and how essential that is um, for mm. to be competitive at that level. And he has he has Brilliant. turned into a very popular sportsman in South Africa, of course. Yeah, it's yeah. the teeth. You just they they they, 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 dazzle, the they dazzle you. You can't take your eyes off them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They are. I just quickly did a Google. They're pretty impressive. So much perfection. Can I just? Their their previous favorite sportsman's doing a couple of years in jail for shooting his wife, isn't he? 
can I just say I re- I enjoy giving I enjoy um, joking around with Manuel and putting pressure on him for this segment, but I just have to say that I'm really enjoying learning it. Like even then, I had no idea. I haven't heard of him, but it's so nice to get that insight and hear about them, so I can start yeah. looking him up and have get you it, looked you know, him up, Andrew? Get it. From your perspective, yeah, I did does, just then. Does, does he get the hot or not? Oh yeah, is he a one or a zero? Yeah. Oh, I wasn't. Nothing funny zero. happened to me, but he has beautiful teeth. <laughs> <laughs> It's a knot. It's a knot. Don't be shy. It's I can't say knot. that. I can't. Brad, you're a lovely guy. You're a killer. You're going to be a champion. But you're, but you're not going to get a date with Andrew. I didn't say he was <laughs> ugly. <laughs> I just didn't get any and funny feelings anywhere. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, we're going to wrap that up right there. So thank you so much. <laughs> As I said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. Um, we love putting these together for you. My co-hosts uh, with uh, Stu, with Andra, and, and most of all, the man whose name is bolted to the side of this podcast, Mr. Manuel Pacino himself. Thank you so much. If you're liking what you're hearing at the moment, head over. If you're listening to this on the Apple Podcast uh, ecosystem, you can go over there and leave us a uh, five-star review. I've enabled comments um, on our own website now at Fireside. So if you uh, want to uh, drop in and uh, correct us where we need correcting or... Would mm-hmm. like to open a broadside in conversation uh, against uh, Manuel. Just trash on us. Just yeah, dump some trash on us. That's what we're here for. We need Gillian and Andrew to jump on there and get it started, I think. Exactly right. Tell your friends we're available on all the podcast platforms. Uh, Instagram, uh, Andrew's there, Stu's there. Uh, you can even send us this thing called crazy email. It's the uh, Pacino Report at PacinoGP.com. Manuel, your website, uh, is, it, uh, is, is it up and running yet? Um, every time I talk to you, it's two to three days, two minutes. Yeah, finish. well, it's still two or three days. Uh, <laughs> only 20 days have passed since the first time. <laughs> it was two minutes, five minutes ago. It's but arriving, if, it's arriving. But if people want to get uh, hold of you, where can they get hold of you? Well, uh, PacinoGP.com is where... Is the house where I put on everything I what goes through my mind, and we have also this podcast uh, can be found there, the YouTube channel. So everything is on PacinoGP.com. I invite everyone to have a look at. And if you if you want to learn Spanish, it's also in Spanish. <laughs> the Spanish sheep can go and hide there. So, ladies and gentlemen, this wolf is going to bid you uh, farewell. We'll see you on the next one. Thank you so much. We love putting these together for you. Have a good evening. Thanks, guys. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Bye. Adios.